Are you ready for friends that you can say anything to? We got you. I'm Wendy, founder of Bloom Wellness. And I'm Sin, Liberation Life Coach, and you're listening to Truth Tuesday, Liberation Through Radical Honesty. Hello and welcome to Truth Tuesday. Today we will be talking about parenting with community support. And we'd like to welcome our guest, Andrea Vargas. Hello. Family and marriage, marriage and family therapist, correct? Yes. And as usual, Cynthia. What's up? So we're here, you guys, and uh, we've had a morning. This morning, the three of us uh, were visiting Andrea. We had breakfast and we decided to come together to talk about how often um, our mothers are not supported in the community set- setting. So I want to start off by asking each of you to describe a time when you felt supported as a mother. So who wants to go first? How about our guest Andrea goes first? Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, let's see. I think that I've been very fortunate to have a good support system. I think that I also am the last one of my friends to have a child. Well, not the last one, but for now I'm the last one. Um, and so I think that it's it's been good. I have a few friends that have much older kids. Some of them are already adults. And so I think that they were very good at reaching out. I also became a mom right before the pandemic. So my child was three months old when the pandemic hit, and so a lot of my parenting happened at home, just the two of us, because my husband worked throughout the pandemic. Um, so we had our rough moments, but I think that eventually we kind of got the group of things. Um, I think it was also a transition for me because I was used to working and doing my own thing and I think it shifts your autonomy when you become a mom and so Mm -hmm. I think that was a lot more difficult and I think it's something that we don't often talk about is the changes that we go through when we become moms but I think having a support system and having friends reach out to you to see how you're doing definitely helps during that transition Mm -hmm. Um, and so far it's been good i did have to set some boundaries because there was some support that wasn't very healthy emotionally for me at least Mm -hmm. and it's difficult to set boundaries especially when it's your own family Mm -hmm. because they often take it very personal even though you've had various conversations with them about things that you don't like or that you would like to see modified I want you to hold on to that, and we'll get back to that piece right there, okay? Okay. So, Cynthia, when was the time that, as a parent that you felt supported? Well, I think it's really interesting to hear you say, Andrea, how you were one of, like, the last of your group mm-hmm. friends to have kids, because I was actually one of the first ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I do notice that that does play a role in how much support you get because mm-hmm. I didn't really have anybody to say, hey, this is what I went through. I, I became that friend um, for for my other friends. 
And so I didn't really get the support from my friends, not because they weren't willing or didn't want to, or they didn't have the capacity, but rather it's like, I don't know how to help you. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know what you're going through, but I'm here. And as, as amazing as that offer was, there was always a part of me like, they're not going to get it. Like, I don't even know why I should bother in reaching out. And it didn't help that I also lived a fa- like really far away from my mom and my sister and my, my natural support. Mm-hmm. Um, I was closer to my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law at the time. But there's nothing like having like, you know, your mom mm-hmm. and the people that you grew up with, the people that really know you. And so that was really, really hard for me. Um, so not just that but a lot of the support that i received um as helpful as it was it wasn't the type of support that i needed so like the emotional support and back then i mean my kids are 9 and 11 now so back then um this was before i even knew that i had struggle i was struggling with mental health issues so Mm -hmm. i i had depression i had anxiety and i had no idea and so um a lot of those needs went unmet because i didn't know well, none of us knew. And so they were helping me with, you know, with, with, with the babies and cleaning and cooking, especially like in the beginning, right after my kids were born. But then, you know, the help leaves and then you're left with yourself. Everything. Yeah, and it's not sustainable because you're like, I don't know what to do. And it for me, it was really overwhelming. So having had that experience myself, now like I actually recently I think it was like in March or April I went to go support a friend of mine from college when she had her baby like she didn't have to say anything she all she had to do was reach out to me and say hey pal like you know I know you're busy but you know I just want to like I knew that was a bit for connect and I probed a little bit a little bit and sure enough like she just felt like really unsupported I'm like you know what I have time I'm gonna go down there I'm gonna help you so I went down there for like five days and I was just there, I'm like, what do you need? Like, do you need me to help with the baby? Do you need me to help cook? Do you need me, like, do you guys need to go out for a date night? Like, I'm here to support you. And I never got that. And so for me, like, when one of my friends needed that, I knew right away, you know, I I know how to help fill that need precisely because I, I didn't have that support. And it can be very isolating because I think that when you become a mom, I think it shifts the way that everybody looks at you and I think there's so much pressure for women to be like the perfect mom immediately mm-hmm. when you're getting to know your child as much as your child is getting to know you. So yeah. oftentimes we don't talk about that transition period into having that connection with your child and mm-hmm. how to have the connection with your child. Because although you, you feel that love instantaneously once you meet your child it doesn't mean that you immediately know what to do as a mom right yeah and then on top of that because i'm not a mom i was i'm a stepmom but i'm not Mm -hmm. you know i don't have a bio child the difference is too that you haven't met yourself as a mother so Mm -hmm. it's like people forget that now you have to become acquainted with this new version of yourself Mm -hmm. and you're you know when we talk about grief grief you're grieving that old version of you and those freedoms and the ability to move without having to take another little person into consideration and being the friend that doesn't have you know a tiny uh, child or whatever in those Mm -hmm. spaces we can be supportive if we love the people we can help and by carrying a baby by changing a diaper by checking in to see if the new mom needs food 
Do they right. need support? Do they need company? Um, and sometimes it's as little as, can I help you wash the dishes? Or just, right. yeah, watch a movie with you so that you have someone with you. Mm-hmm. Because we were talking about earlier, um, sometimes it's good to just have an extra set of eyes. Yeah. Especially for the moms that have more than one child. Mm-hmm. So if I'm just a friend and you don't have to hyper-focus on two children doing things, running around, or running amok, um, it is a lot of support. And people right. don't realize that. So you don't have to do too much. Just being in the space helps okay. a lot. And I think that for me, because a lot of my friends had kids before I did, I was able to provide that support for them. And whenever my friends had a child, I always tried to come by and help out however I could. Mm-hmm. And so I was comfortable once I had my child. But again, it's that transition period because the others, I was just there for support. There wasn't mm-hmm. my child. And right. so I don't feel that it had that much anxiety. I think what caused the anxiety for me was the pandemic. Like once the pandemic mm-hmm. hit, like my anxiety just shot up the roof. Like I just brought a child into this world and we don't know yeah. what's going to happen. Like what if we all die? What if the world ends, you know? Yeah. So I think that for me, like that's what started, what ignited the anxiety for me. Um, so I was, I was comfortable with like the things that you have to do with the child but not but the transition into becoming a mom is a lot more difficult and like you said getting to know yourself and grieving mm-hmm. who you used to be to how you are now while taking care of an infant and yeah. you know doing so many other things that I, I think that if we're not aware of it a lot of times it can you that's why we hyper focus on our child so we don't have to focus on ourselves yeah. it's how do you find that healthy balance Right. And I also want to add, you know, because you have a little baby, baby, and mine are a little older, but you also evolve as they grow Mm -hmm. because their needs change, your needs change. And so the mom that you were when, you know, when she was a Mm -hmm. newborn is different than the mom that she has now. And when she's 10, you're going to be a different version too. And at every step, there is a process of grieving, letting Mm -hmm. go, and then accepting all of the new stuff that comes. And not every friendship or every relationship stays for the duration of that evolution. Because Mm -hmm. I I hear stories. I I haven't experienced this, but like I know, like I, I watch a lot of videos on TikTok and Instagram where moms share how frustrating and how like sad it is that they've lost friends because Mm -hmm. they don't they just don't understand or they take it so personally and then i hear the single um childless friends that express their sadness in losing their mom friends because they're no longer the same friend that they Mm -hmm. used to go out clubbing with and so there's just so much grief a lot of loss yeah a lot of uh changes and it's like everyone is struggling to keep up. Everyone is struggling to, to survive, right? And so for me, like when I think about being a parent, um, that community support is so, so important precisely because there's just so so many, so many changes are, are happening. And I understand not everyone is going to share the same values, but, um, but I think to go back to the point about that community support, I think you do have to have like-minded people with shared, you know, core values that see why it's important to help support another mom right. as we all saw this morning at Andrea's house with her baby. And, and we can talk a little bit more about that, I think. Um, so just to draw you all a picture, since you weren't there and we don't have video of it, I might post, uh, with Andrea's permission, um, some of the little clips. But today, um, Andrea's baby woke up with a fever and she was struggling. She was not having a good day. She was not feeling good. 
and it was very important that she took care of her baby. So instead of taking her, you know, her mother away from her, we came to the home to spend time with her and have breakfast and, you know, make sure that she didn't have to leave. So we came over to the home. We're having breakfast. We do the thing. Um, I went to go say hi to the baby. The baby wanted to be carried. So instead of allowing her to self-soothe, which we know it's very important, self-soothing is important, but we have to create that safety for children to learn that they can count on us first. Right. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was important to, yes, that, that bid for connection, she reached out for me. I took her and we carried her. And uh, between the three of us, I think we shared responsibility in playing with the baby and then she started feeling better. So you just saw a shift in her mood in that space, but it was very much a safe space. And it's so important to have that because I kept thinking, mm-hmm. what if we would have seen our mothers playing with us? What if our mm-hmm. parents would have gotten on the ground and you know sang the ABCs with us right. or played Legos with us or you know read a book or colored with us? Our experiences um, just as mothers and stepmothers would be completely different because we would have had a different type of modeling happening during that time. So even with that being said, um, it is important. I do think we do share core values. So being in that space and allowing this young little lady, I mean, she's a baby. She's already seeing how women can be multifaceted, multidimensional from the very Mm -hmm. beginning. So that's what we're providing for our children when we're allowing our friends to come support us. Right. And when we're open, just being supportive and loving. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Andrea, how easy has it been for you to ask and accept help? I think it depends, again, because the majority of, like, my child is two she's two years nine months mm-hmm. and the big like the first two years were in a pandemic right and so it was very difficult because we were very limited so a lot of my friends didn't meet her until you know she was like one one and a half mm-hmm. um and so it's it's been a transition one because she doesn't she wasn't exposed to a lot of people she's also she's been very sheltered and so mm-hmm. at the beginning when we started coming around people especially males she would freak out Mm -hmm. like she would just go into full-blown like you think somebody was murdering her um and so with time she's getting more familiar and she's becoming a lot more social but it's been difficult because again you have a child that didn't really meet other humans other than her dad and her mom and her grandmothers um and so that's been a difficult transition and i think sometimes it's still difficult to ask for help but i think i i also have a great group of friends that have kind of come in and do the same that you guys did today which was come in and engage with her and mm-hmm. play with her and so I think that it's also allowed me to feel comfortable because I also see that they want to build a bond with her and they yeah. want to interact with her mm-hmm. and so because she was isolated for so long like it makes me happy that you know when she warms up to you that she Mm -hmm. like very much engages with people and is really good with people yeah yeah and i wanted to expand a little bit on that because um as we spoke earlier part of our experience as children was feeling like we were a burden Mm -hmm. or it was inconvenience yeah Mm -hmm. so sometimes i think there's a projection there where we feel and because of the tiktoks that you see out there with the single friends that get you know irritated Mm -hmm. because well i didn't choose to have a child 
Um, again, it goes back to are we like engaging with people that have similar core values? And if they don't, mm-hmm. I mean, we it sounds harsh, but we need to exit those people out because mm-hmm. they just are taking up space, unfortunately. Or we can choose not to have them over in those spaces. We can just like, we, I can have you for happy hour and that's it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the kind of friend that you want to have around. Uh, for me, it doesn't work. Uh, but I think it's just, you know, like I guess uh, I don't want to invest time in people that are not going to be willing to really see me at different, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I don't know, different spaces, different places, uh, mm-hmm. different moods. I want you to see me as a whole. Yeah. So I don't want to be all fragmented with different people. But you, both of you had shared, and I think this is this is very important, I think, especially with, within our community. Mm-hmm. When we were little, if adults came into the home, we had to go hide in the room. We go play. Mm-hmm. Go play. Go, you're, you're bothering us. Don't butt in. Mm-hmm. Be yeah. quiet. Be silent. Be respectful. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like I said, we project that. We feel like, are we bothering? When it was a different time, right? Because I think for, and I mean, it still sounds true today for some people because kids are the, the, next, the next thing in your life to do, right? It's like mm-hmm. you are a certain age and then you get married and then the thing to do is to have kids. So a lot of times, because it feels like it's the thing to do and you haven't worked through a lot of your own things, I think that they do become a burden and they they are, um, what's the word, an inconvenience. Yeah. And so I, I think that I've had to be very mindful to not react like that to her because I very much planned to have her, you know, and and... It's how do I unlearn the only thing I know? Like yeah. this is how I was reacted to at this age. So this is the only way that I know how to react to her. So how right. do how do I have the insight to not react to her? And it's been diff- it's getting easier, but it was very mm-hmm. difficult at the beginning because yeah. you just react. We yeah. don't think, and we're very reactive beings. And mm-hmm. so I I've had to work really hard at like not reacting or. I've even had to practice being more tender because it's not yeah. in my nature to just be tender. Right. Um, and it's taken a lot of work, but I think that also it's helped me heal a lot of my own inner child through her mm-hmm. and responding to her in the way that I needed perhaps my parents to respond to me in certain situations. And so it's been very healing for me even, you know, in responding to her and her needs the way that she needs to be tended to. And, you know, to expand on that, I think what's really important is something you had mentioned earlier. Um, Somebody treated you that way. and Mm -hmm. We've been treated like we were an inconvenience. And that creates this huge rejection type of wound. Yes. And that's why we try to shield our children from it because I noticed even with my niece, if she was talking too much and I saw someone making faces at her, right away I get upset because I want to shield her from Mm -hmm. this rejection or from someone treating her like crap or, you know, because you see some adults that are very grouchy or whatever the case may be, they're in a bad mood and that kid is so annoying, that kid talks too much, oh, that kid's so rude and they start kind of like, they're children, they're learning, you know. I think they're triggering their own yes own things that that they went they experience as children and so they don't have the tolerance for it right but it's important because you're through your child and in you like being so aware of it Mm -hmm. that is how we're healing that inner child because that rejection that sucks and aside from like not 
treating her as an inconvenience, I think another key component is patience, right? Because yeah. our parents were not patient right. at mm-hmm. all with us. No. Like, yeah. if something happened to us, the reaction was always anger. Right. Like, can I say You know, yeah. like, that was, that was it. And so I had to be very mindful as to, like, one, like, taking a deep breath and and not reacting, mm-hmm. but, or reacting in a nurturing way, like, are you okay? Right. And I think the more we practice that, the easier it becomes. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, sometimes we just, we react yeah. with no patience, you yeah. know? And But you know, we when you have the insight, you are also able to repair that immediately. Exactly, yeah. And it is a practice because, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, my kids are older, like, and it's taken me years, but it's, finding that compassion for yourself when Mm -hmm. it happens and normalizing it validating yourself and then moving forward Mm -hmm. because the longer that you beat yourself up because i know there's a lot of moms out there that are going to listen to this and they're gonna be like oh my god i'm not patient Mm -hmm. like andrea has it so much more put together than me it's like we all started at at that point right Mm -hmm. because because it is a lot it being is. being a mother especially in the society and the expectations that are placed on us right we have to be all these different things at the same time and then we don't have the support even from like our employers or mm-hmm. our communities our society right mm-hmm. and so then it becomes this huge overwhelming burden and so naturally of course we're going to feel the way that we feel yeah and we see it now especially with social media you know like anything that a mom can post can be seen as something to be shamed to yeah. shame her about yeah. and it's like at the end of the day like we're all in the same boat and we're all trying to figure it out like mm-hmm. i always say like parenting doesn't come with or doesn't come with an instruction manual because every child is different yeah and you just yeah. have to do what's going to work for you and your child and i think the best piece of advice that i got when you know i was expecting is get to know your child your child for who they are because exactly. oftentimes i think as parents we try to create the child that we want right and so we start to change who they are in their nature mm-hmm. and their dna so that they can become what we want them to become but at the end of the day they're a human being and they mm-hmm. have feelings and they come already with their own patterns and so how do we get to know our child so that we can nurture them in the way that they need to be nurtured not in the way that we want to nurture right. yeah and also the competition with or comparing our, the, our children with yes. some other children that yeah. is so harmful yeah yeah like even mine didn't you know i she she talks more now but i mean she st- started to talk and i was and my mom's like you're gonna have to take her to you know, um, mm-hmm. speech therapy. therapy. Yeah. And I was like, no, she's going to talk when she's going to talk. Exactly. Like every kid is different. Yeah. And I'm, my joke is always like, why do I want her to talk? Then I'm not going to be able to shut her up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, there you go. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, how do you find that balance? And how mm-hmm. do you also like connect with your child and are attuned with your child so that you know when and how to meet their needs, their needs. Now, and the other, the other part with all that being said, uh, I just want to highlight that every child, yes, they're children, but they're people. They yeah. are people. Um, they have, they do have their own feelings. They have their own personalities. They have their own needs. Uh, but we need to stop treating kids like they're there's a hierarchy. Like they're not intelligent. Like they're not yeah. smart. Like they're not creative. They're very curious. They want to know things. Um, and you had mentioned too. It's like in going to your home. Like your daughter wanted to sit and sit with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like I know my boundaries as an adult and I wanted to very much respect what the rules were in the household because you're the parent and she wanted to stay up a little bit later to chat it up about <laughs> random stuff, you know. So yeah. she sat there 
And I said, well, you said bedtime is at 1030. Yeah. And you walked away. And then I was like, so I looked at her and I go, okay, we can chat until 1030. And then yeah. we have to go to bed. So it's like when you are being supportive of your friends, mm -hmm. like you have to back them up with the rules. Remembering that these children are little people that mm -hmm. are going to eventually be the leaders of this world. Right. So how are we treating them? Are we going to try to dominate them? Are we going to try mm -hmm. to indoctrinate them? And you know manipulate their thought process or are we going to allow them to you know grow, glow, grow and flourish and expand as they are meant to because right. we would have been a little bit different um i think had we been given those those freedoms mm -hmm. just a little bit i mean we're still there but it's it just takes you longer and do you want your child to be held back because of the trauma that you've had so there's that part too but the last and final question for the two of you um, as far as solutions are concerned, how can friends and family help? And going back to Andrea too, how, um, what are some of the boundaries that you've, you've felt that you've had to set with people that need to be respected when they're helping you? I think, ironically enough, the one person that I've had to set the most boundaries with, it's my mom. Because I think that she didn't as a mom she didn't get the opportunity to maybe be playful or be worry free like she she was always so stressed out and she was a working mom and you know I, our home situation wasn't the healthiest and it wasn't the best um between her and my dad and so i think that you know, this is the first grandchild that she has access to. And so she just wanted to smother the kid and give her candy at like 6 a.m. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, like, that's not okay. Right. <laughs> like, you didn't allow us to do that. Like, it's, why do you think it's okay with, uh, with her? And not only that, but I think and kids are so smart. And I, I think we underestimate them, but they're mm -hmm. master manipulators at a very young age. <laughs> and so I, I think that Violet was learning that abuela was just gonna give her whatever she wanted mm -hmm. and she would see that abuela would override what we as her parents would say and so she felt like she couldn't like she didn't have to listen to us as yeah. her parents and she was becoming a brat like whenever she was around abuela like it's like we didn't even exist mm -hmm. and so i had various conversations with my mom about it and you know my boundaries were not respected and so as much as it hurt and as difficult as it was i had to set that firm boundary and you know have have and i had to find help with her that wasn't yeah. my mom because it she this toddler was becoming a monster yeah <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. i totally resonate with that and i have so many friends that also mm -hmm. had to set boundaries with their own family members and a lot of it is because we are breaking these cycles, right? Mm -hmm. We're trying to uh, move away from how we used to do things. And there's, there's a reason for that because it wasn't serving us. And for me, I think the key is as long as each individual person commits to doing their own inner work and their own mm -hmm. healing, that's the best way that you can really show up for someone because you know, my mom, like she, again, she's not the same person that she was when my kids were born. She is a much 
better person for all of us, not just for herself, but for all of us because she's healing more. So I don't have to tell her don't feed my kids sugar, even though she would give them like, you know, mm -hmm. donuts and soda in the morning. <laughs> but now she's more conscientious. She's, she doesn't even eat that stuff anymore mm -hmm. because she's been healing, because she's listening to her doctor and she sees the correlation between that and her all her chronic illnesses, right? And so at the end of the day, like, you know, really, like if you really want to, show up with for your friend who has children like do your own inner child healing so that you um you're able to have that awareness mm -hmm. and be able to to be a like i don't want to like put pressure on people and be a positive role model of the kids but yeah because they're sponges they're so yeah. smart and they are picking up everything and like even the the slightest conversation that mom and friend are having they're soaking it up and they're remembering everything yeah and something that i try really hard not to do and it's really difficult is to not talk about her in front of her because that affects yeah. that starts to create their narrative right mm -hmm. and so oftentimes it's how we view them but it's not necessarily how they feel or how they are mm -hmm. and i don't yes. want to create this narrative for her that is not true to her mm -hmm. because i've had to dismantle the narrative of myself and everything that i heard that i was growing up and i had to get to know myself from scratch basically yep. so that um i because it was a narrative that no longer was true to me and it didn't serve a purpose for me yeah and so i really i really had to to look inward and and, and change that for me and it hasn't been easy and it's a work in progress every day is a work in progress because i think mm -hmm. that we change daily depending on our experience that day um so it's just being patient with yourself and like really being in tune and also allowing her to do free play and not yeah. guiding it because I think that when we try to tell our kids how to play, it, it starts to create insecurities and as parents, we are the creators of the self-esteem. Yeah. Like we nurture that self-esteem. And if we want a child with healthy self-esteem, we need to encourage them to do things the way that they want to do right. them, not the way that we want to do them, mm -hmm. because that's where the insecurities come in and I can't do things right and I'm not good enough mm -hmm. and I always do things wrong and, you know, and yep. so I'm really trying to avoid that and, you know, sometimes like I catch myself, but I catch myself and then yeah. I'm like, okay, like do it however you want. Right. And I'm right. like, okay, I'm going to do my own thing. You play with that yeah. one and I'll play with this one, yeah. you know? So I think it's just allowing them the freedom to be them. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that because I don't I don't know um, how many people are aware mm -hmm. that when we talk about them in front of them and mm -hmm. not talking to them directly, like how does that have an impact yeah. on what they walk away from from that? You know, they have these stories, these narratives, and they it, it starts to get integrated into their identity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then they believe it and then we wonder why they're showing up the way they are when they're adults and it's yeah. like well these are messages that i heard about me this is what i told i was and even today when i said something about violet and she like immediately turned around and looked at me and we all caught her mm -hmm. so they're they're on it yeah they will hold you yeah. accountable yeah, yeah definitely mm -hmm. yeah that's true yeah i'm like i don't know is there anything else that either of you want to add to this uh, no, I think, um, you know, just thank you, Andrea, for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I had such a wonderful time, like, getting to know you and your baby, and I enjoyed playing with her, and I think for me, um, like, it was a huge opportunity to get to know, like, this little 
little I mean she's what two three mm -hmm. but to me she's already like this amazing human and I'm like dude she's way cooler than a lot of the adults that I know <laughs> like I want to hang out with her um but yeah I I just I love the space that you've created for her um she's so lucky to have you oh, I you. think that what everything that you're doing it's just so amazing and you know um I'm sure that as a therapist too like you you your life experiences are helping you help other people as well and so thank you so much for being here for sharing your insight and your wisdom and hopefully we can you know have you on again in the future yeah oh, i thank think you. I would that, love that. Would, that would be great yes yeah. and yeah just to, to remind all you if you're listening and if you can't be a helping hand for anybody out there one of your friends um, reach out Go sit yeah. with them. Go play with them. Play with the kids. Uh, this also helps you heal your inner child when yeah. you're coloring and doing the thing. So you're not too grown up for it. You're not too mature for it. Mm -hmm. um, be in touch with that. Be in touch with that little version of you. And it'll help you heal things that maybe you didn't even know were there. But yeah. And to add to that, I think it's, you know, very important for us to be able to play with their children because for many of us, maybe we didn't have the opportunity to be children and have play and do play, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of us were very parentified mm -hmm. or our home situation wasn't the healthiest. And so we, like, I, I always say this, like, we always praise like a very mature kid yeah. and it's like, oh, you're so mature for your age. And as a kid, because I was told that a lot and as mm -hmm. a kid, you, you see it with such pride, right? Yep. But now as an adult, I see it like, at what cost are you this mature right. for mm -hmm. a child, right? right? And so I think that when you see a mature kid is because they haven't been allowed to be a child and they've had yep. to grow up a lot quicker than they've had to because of their home circumstance. Yeah. And so allow yourself to play with your child, allow yourself to, you know, channel your inner child. And we can do that with, with our children and heal that part of us that didn't get to be a child, because mm -hmm. I think it can be, it's healing for you and for your child, because you're also modeling to your child that, you know, okay. parents parents do play with their kids mm -hmm. yeah you know yeah. and I, I think that it's very important for the family dynamic to be able to do things together yeah and then and then just to throw this in here i know that you play video games with with aiden a lot oh yeah we have a whole youtube channel together yeah, yeah. so it's it's really like do whatever it is i mean try it out again you're not too mature you're not too grown up try it mm -hmm. out they'll teach you yeah, they're smart. They are yeah. super smart. They're brilliant. And do the thing. Show up. Um, be yourself. And seriously, like you start living your best life. You won't have as much time to judge other people because you're not judging yourself. So, right. <laughs> and to add to the support piece, I think it's also important for moms to ask for support for themselves, not just when it comes mm -hmm. to parenting, because I think it's really important for moms to still keep their autonomy. There's a lot of moms and we have a word for it, martyrs, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And so they, their entire life is their children and it doesn't have to be that way because you need to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. And we hear it every time we get on an airplane, yeah. put the mask on yourself first and mm -hmm. on the other person. And it's because we need to take care of ourselves. So we need to continue to um, keep our autonomy so that we can be good for our kids. So if you are having a terrible day, call a friend. Uh, if you have time and you have the support system to go out and have lunch, then do that. Or you know, have your partner take the child for 10 minutes so that you can have some free mm -hmm. time for just you. So being able to keep that autonomy is also really important because if you're healthy, you're, it'll trickle down to your children. And also you're setting a good example for them so that when they get to your age, they're not trying to play out what we did 
we thought that you know. yeah, yeah. Exactly. so that's really important um and i think we're all set for the day thank you so much for joining us and we look forward to hearing what you have to say about this episode uh we love you all right thank, thank you, you. Bye. bye, bye.